Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Thank you, Billy, and welcome back to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes, and with us today, Jack Stats. Jack is the outgoing state FFA advisor, and he also has served as program manager for ag education at Career Tech for the state of Oklahoma. He's been in that role since 2007, and before that, had a distinguished teaching career of some 30-some-odd years in northwestern parts of our state. He's loved working with the teachers of our state. He's loved working with the young people of our state that put on the blue and gold jacket of the FFA organization. Today, our road to rural prosperity being powered by Bank First, loyal to Oklahoma and loyal to you. And we're back with Jack Stats in just a few moments. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma, and their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. Welcome to another edition of the Road to Rural Prosperity. My name is Ron Hayes. I'm glad to be along with you today. I'm very happy to have along with us Jack Stats. Jack is the State Program Manager uh, for the Agricultural Education Department at Career Tech uh, for statewide activities and then also our State FFA Advisor, at least for a few more days. Uh, Jack, thank you for being with us today and uh, well, welcome to the road. Well, thanks very much uh, for asking me, Ron. Uh, a good opportunity for me. Anytime that I can talk about agriculture education and FFA, I'm always always ready. You betcha. Now, let, let, before we actually get into some of the things that have been going on right now, and this has been a very strange year. Uh, you and I have already kind of talked a little bit about that uh, as far as uh, 2020 is going to be one of those years that we're going to remember for a lot of different reasons, and some of them are not so great. Where, where did Jack Stats grow up? Where, 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 did you, where were you raised? Well, I was actually, uh, I grew up on a farm ranch about halfway between Laverne and Buffalo. I uh, actually uh, was about nine and a half miles east of Laverne, Oklahoma, is where I grew up. If everybody, if if you're from out in western Oklahoma, if you know, if you go east of, of Laverne to the May Road and go a mile north and then uh, a half mile back east on the north side is actually where I grew up uh, through high school anyway. And that's where that was farm and ranch right there. So which high school did you go to then? I went to Laverne. 
Okay. So uh, I, I suspect uh, a lot, any, any kid that probably was uh, on a farm, at least 99% of them probably were a part of, uh, of vocational agriculture. Yes. You know, there was a lot of rural kids, a lot of kids involved in agriculture education at the time. Uh, vocational agriculture then, we had, uh, and uh, naturally, um, we had no girls in agriculture uh, mm-hmm. because for the simple reason, girls weren't admitted into agriculture education until 1969, and that was the year I graduated from high school. And so uh, we had uh, our, my agriculture instructor was uh, Fred Schultz, uh, who later left there and went on to be the uh superintendent for Meridian Technology Center in Stillwater. You and I are basically from that same era. I'm a 1970 graduate from high school, and we had one young lady that was in uh, was in uh, ag that last year. I was I was uh, a senior in high school, and uh, I guess what uh, maybe a year or so after that, they were actually admitted and were able to get into FFA. You know, uh, I actually started teaching agriculture education at Freedom. Uh, in 1973, and I had three girls was allowed to come into agriculture education, and that was the first girls that they had had at Freedom High School. Even though you know a lot of schools left them, uh, or they were allowed into FFA, there were still a lot of schools that didn't let young ladies come into agriculture education until uh, later on in the mid 70s. Mm-hmm. Some of them even to the late 70s. Yeah, yeah, that was a slow process, but uh, I guess once the uh, momentum was there, these uh, these ladies have uh, definitely be made their mark uh, on the on the uh, ag education part of it, but also on the FFA side of it as well. Oh yeah, what an impact that uh, young ladies have been on our program. I mean, it's just uh, to me, it's just made it very well rounded. Uh, made it, uh, uh, I guess, just an opportunity for to teach all facets of young people. You know, even though it's kind of surprising. Uh, 42%, about 42% of our membership in the state of Oklahoma are young ladies. And, uh, and then about, uh, according to the range, about, naturally about 58 to 60% of our members are young men. So it just depends on the year, but that's, that's pretty close. No, well, certainly they've, uh, like we say, we've, we've, they've made their mark. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute, but you left, uh, obviously graduate from Laverne. You, uh, you went to Stillwater, didn't you? Well, actually, Actually, I went to my first two years at Panhandle. Okay. Uh, had a little bit to do with my, uh, my father's health at the time. And so I basically was going to school at Panhandle, uh, at Goodwill, which gave me an opportunity to kind of commute and help back on the farm and do some of that stuff on the weekends. And I had a, I had some job opportunities. And so I would, I worked at sale barns at, when I was going to school at Goodville. I worked at uh, Elkhart, Kansas, and I worked at Texoma, and I worked at Guyman at the sale barn uh, during the week, and I'd come home and work in a feedlot at uh, at Buffalo on the weekends. Uh, my parents moved to Buffalo because uh, my dad had become ill, and so we basically kind of left the farm. And, but anyway, that gave me some opportunities to work. So my first two years, I went to Goodville, uh, and then after my first two years, I transferred uh Oklahoma State University, where I got uh, where I finished up my agriculture education degree. And you, uh, you decided. Uh, what, what point did you decide you wanted to be a, 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 a VOAG teacher? Oh, I'm going to say probably about uh, the middle way through my junior year, or, or you know, our start of my senior year. I'm going to say the end of my junior year because a lot of the animals at that time that I put on feed and what have you was at my ag teacher's beckoning. You know, at that time, a lot of animals involved and. 
And he said, you know, if you're going to teach agriculture education, you need to be aware with all facets of production agriculture. So at that time, I mean, I I showed some sheep, which was against my my dad. <laughs> that was uh, one of those things my dad was like, oh, we're not having any sheep. But I explained, and my ag teacher explained why we were doing it. Uh, and actually, I had some sows because he wanted me to raise pigs. And so I had that opportunity. And then, but my biggest SAE was uh, just like typical Western Oklahoma. I had a set of shorthorn cows, and uh, I actually had some wheat ground rennets. So you put that all together, and uh, obviously uh, continued your your uh, education there at OSU. Uh, got out. Uh, you taught ag for what? Gosh, what a couple of decades, didn't you? Well, I actually uh, almost three and a half decades because I actually started. I taught three years at Freedom. And then I taught a year at Buffalo, and I thought that I would uh, possibly have the opportunity. You know, I thought I'd move back to Buffalo, be around my mom and dad, and I'd have a little bit more opportunity to do some things outside of agriculture education. But then a great opportunity opened up uh, to teach with a lifelong friend of mine. I was asked to come back to Alva, which was the same community, same county I just left from Freedom. And I come back and and taught the next 30 years at, at Alva. I guess they couldn't run me off. I <laughs> taught eight years with Glenn Elliott. We went back to a single teacher department for uh, like five years. And then we went back to a two-teacher program again, and I taught the next 17 years with Randy Nation. You uh, think about that time as a, as a uh, uh, VOAG teacher, and then I guess uh, by, by the time you wrapped up, it would actually become ag education as far as the, the, the uh, kind of the moniker. What? What really drove you? In other words, what what kept you engaged for for over 30 years? Well, you know, uh, I guess the easiest decision for me is uh, I absolutely crave uh, that interaction with young people. I I think that uh, the, I guess, just that opportunity to to try to teach young people, to try to enhance their learning opportunities, to try to inspire them, to just to create some thought processes for them to develop some lifelong careers, to get them interested in agriculture, to enhance leadership, and just watch young people grow. I just love that. Uh, you know, my Ron, my initial thought, uh, like a lot of teachers, I said, uh, and I've even told some of our young student teachers, I said, you know, I was going to teach. I actually started out, I was going to stay in school, I was going to go through and get my doctorate, actually, uh, and then the, the research, or excuse me, I guess the the program that I was going to be able to be funded through, it was no longer going to be in existence. So uh, <laughs> Jack Stats in the middle of summer school at the end of his senior year of college, you know, I was going to, I said, hey, I got to have a job because that fell through. And I got an ag teaching job at Freedom. And basically, I just fell in love with the whole thing. I just fell in love with the system of teaching school. And and uh, I just absolutely loved it. I craved it. Uh I wanted to be at school every day, and that's still even even to the point when I actually left the classroom and went into uh, a state supervisor position. The one thing that I constantly would tell you that I missed, and I think teachers that are really involved with their kids miss, is that interaction with young people. And so, I guess that one thing, just that just that ability to touch some young people's lives and try to make a difference, that uh, that was what continually drove me. Knowing young people, young people sometimes like to uh, to play uh, play jokes, play pranks, be ornery. 
Got a story that uh, something that uh, some of your uh, FFA kids, uh, your ag ed, you know, OAG kids pulled on you at some point, one of your school school jobs. Oh, I could I could think of so many things, you know, from you know, like from going to the going to the bathroom, uh, you know, excusing yourself from class and having to go to the bathroom and and walking back in and your and your class is gone have no earthly idea where they're at and, and go to looking for them and they're all hiding in the cabinets and you know and they've all thought that was just a, an incredible joke you know I, I know some of those things uh some of the just uh oh finding you uh you know having you go somewhere to check on something and and they knew that there was nothing wrong just just typical honoriness but but i will tell you you know ron one of the things that i always laughed as a teacher I said, you know, it it's almost funny because I said all the things that when we were in high school that we thought we got by with, we didn't get by with anything because as a teacher, you can see what they're fixing to do before they even think about it. Because I don't know how many times that I have sat there and go, don't even think about it. <laughs> what, Mr. Stats? We're not, I said, don't even think about it. <laughs> And and you could already knew probably because maybe we had done some of the same things, but uh, you know those pranks. And I, I think about you know I told the deal at convention one time, Ron, where I actually that one of the things as a first year teacher that I just uh, we were going to paint, and I, I told this story, and, I, and people go, "Oh, you really?" I said, "Yeah, the school had just bought me a brand new ag pickup, Ron, uh, and at that time it was a single cab, you know, rubber mm-hmm. floor mats, vinyl seats, and but it was nice. I mean." Uh, 454 one-ton pickup. I just probably had 300 miles on it. And, and at Freedom, we uh, was having agricultural education in a in a Quonset, uh, in a quad that had kind of a half hutch. And I had come in there as a young teacher, and that first-year teacher, and I wanted to paint that thing. And I had cleaned up and painted all summer, and I just wanted that thing to be so nice. And I had the uh, kids, when we got ready about that first week, we're still painting and trying to clean up, and I had... Some boys, some junior boys, and I said, well, we're going to paint today. I said I had them in there and explain them. But before I did that, I had gone down to the hardware, and I bought four gallons of aluminum paint. Ruby Bishop, God rest her soul. Ruby is down there, and I, she said, well, do you want this aluminum paint shook up? And here I am, 21 years old. I'm still, I know I've got water behind my ears. And I said, uh, Mrs. Bishop, I said, you're not supposed to shake aluminum paint, are you? Oh, yes, Jack, you are. You're spo- and so I was like, okay, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not fixed to argue with a lady that's been in the hardware business 32 years. <laughs> and so I set those four gallons of paint in the floorboard to this brand new pickup and I drive up to the school and I'm in there talking to these boys and telling them what's going to happen. And I mean, all of a sudden you would think there was a cannon going off and it went off four times. <laughs> And I opened the front door of the ag building, <laughs> and you could not even see inside this pickup. It was silver. I mean, the paint that <laughs> here. And I opened the door on this pickup, and thank goodness the lids. You know, we had taken the lids off to, but anyway, the lids was put back on there, and it was just enough that it blew all the lids off. And there was probably, you know, the air in there, and it's probably like a, the top inch of each one of those paint cans had blown up and was all over the cab of this pickup. Uh, I can still remember this young man. I stand beside him and I said, 
go get some paint thinner. <laughs> and it scared him so much, he didn't even try to get in the car or nothing. He just took off running to downtown Freedom, which was just like two and a half blocks from the school. And he ran into hardware, and he come back. I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like it didn't take him any time. He come back with two gallons of paint thinner. And <laughs> needless to say, this this rookie teacher and these boys spent, oh, I don't know, six or seven hours cleaning out the inside of this pickup. And uh, I know when we sold the pickup, uh, I always laughed, and I said, you know, maybe that Jack Stats maybe invented kind of the uh, – you know, the shadowing uh, of the pickups and, you know, the, maybe the accessorizing because oh. that pickup always had just a little silver tint on the inside of the vinyl seats <laughs> and everything, clear up until the time we sold it. But uh, that was one of those stories as a first-year teacher. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking, brand-new pickup, 300 miles, they just hired me, they're going to fire me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every thought that came through my mind. That, uh, Real short career. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought this could be the shortest ag teacher career in the world. The only thing I can remember, my superintendent, Freeland, all I can remember is uh, he just laughed. And I remember, and I'll always, I always just loved him to death. But he, Freeland looked at me and he said, I'd say that was a good lesson learned. <laughs> That's all he said. In- <laughs> and, and so... Uh, Maybe that's a good example to try to be understanding for some other people's mistakes. And, uh, but uh, that is so vivid in my mind. Wow. Well, that's a great story. And we're talking today with Jack Stass. Jack, of course, is the uh, state FFA advisor. Uh, he is uh, wrapping up his uh, that part of his career. Got other things to do now. We'll be talking about that a little bit more. In fact, we want to talk about his time in Stillwater at what is now Career Tech. And we'll do that here as we continue along on the road to rural prosperity in just a few moments. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. Welcome back to the Road to Rural Prosperity. We're glad to be along with you today. And uh, with us is Jack Stats. Jack, uh, longtime ag education or VOAG teacher, ag education teacher uh, in the northwestern part of our state. What about what 2006, 2007? How, how did how did the job? How did the uh, the decision to move to Stillwater and to the uh, state uh, uh, Vo, uh, VoTech uh, later Career Tech uh, headquarters? Uh, how, how did that happen, Jack? Well, I knew the job. Uh came open in like in uh, oh April or May of 2007 and I had uh, I decided that I would interview for the job and I just uh, I'd had so much respect for uh, the state supervisor that had been there Eddie Smith the state supervisor you know that Ralph Dreesen I remember those guys and I 
and I don't want to try to help if I could. And, and I, I just thought, you know, I don't know, it seems kind of funny, but I'm just like, I interviewed for the job. I was asked to, anyway, I turned in my resume and I was asked to come and interview. And, and you never know. I guess still, if you just don't know if you're going to go or not. Well, they called me and offered me the job. Oh my goodness, Ron. I actually spent, I spent three days before I could give them an answer. I just, I just couldn't do it. I just, I just didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave my kids, didn't want to leave the school system at Alpha. I finally decided to do it. I, I wanted to try to help our profession and help, uh, see if I could make some kind of a, I guess, uh, kind of giving some more opportunities to young people. And I had, uh, I can remember walking into that. Uh, I did not want to make that announcement before I told all my ag kids. And I can remember there in uh, late April when uh, Mr. Parkhurst, our principal, had all the kids come to the ag building and I told the kids what was going to happen. Hardest thing I have ever done in my life. But all of them, you know, very supportive, wished wished me well, uh, but that decision was really a tough one to leave. But if that part of that decision was, I wanted to try to, I wanted to try to help our profession if I could, because uh, again, I think it's one of those things that, uh, as a teacher, if you can, you need to try to help better your profession if you can. And that's that's a little bit of the thought process. And maybe if I'd have had more time to think about it, <laughs> I would have stayed. I would have stayed it out, but but I just kind of. It is a good opportunity, good good move, good opportunity for me and my family. I guess that's kind of the thought process that happened, but mm-hmm. and maybe there wasn't much thought process, but uh, that's kind of the, the a chain of events that happened anyway, Ron. So, sometimes when those doors open, you almost you just got you got to walk through them, don't you? Yes, yes. I know that um, as you uh, took on that role, it uh, you were suddenly on a new new uh, kind of a plateau you were kind of uh, uh, on on a stage that was different in that you weren't teaching kids every day but you were really advocating for ag education within the structure of 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 uh, really state government uh, and even at the national level as well at the same time you were working very closely with uh, all of the uh, various chapters and agricultural programs across the entire state of Oklahoma yes uh, it uh Oh, it it uh, very it's very eye opening to see the variation of opportunities that young people have across the state. But you know, I will say one thing, Ron, that I have noticed in the whole deal, and and that I've made this statement a, um, a lot of times. It you look at that deal, and I've always said it still boils down to those teachers and how good those teachers are in a program. You know, I, I've told those teachers so many times. I said, you know. Good teacher, good program, bad teacher, bad program. And it doesn't matter if that's at Alva, Oklahoma, if that's at Valiant, Oklahoma, if that's at Brush Springs, it doesn't matter if it's Bonita. It, it just doesn't matter. And, and it, what really come to light more than anything that I think maybe that I noticed, Ron, was that how important FFA and agriculture education was in so many communities in Oklahoma that, uh, and so I tried to embellish that and tried to, with the help of a great staff, we tried to embellish and tried to make that, that culture even stronger and tried to make that, made, tried to make agriculture and education and FFA even a bigger part of the, of the, uh, school system and, uh, the agricultural system in the state of Oklahoma. And I hope we accomplished a little bit of that, but that's, you know, uh, 
I kind of run around that question a little bit, but <laughs> it's, uh, that's important to me that we try to put a good teacher in every program if we can. We opened up a lot of programs. You know, I even think even last year, we actually, through the help of the state legislature, we actually funded 32 new programs. And, and that's with also the pushing and the support of our director, Dr. Mack. I mean, so when you had 32 new programs and uh, funded programs in the state of Oklahoma, somebody has to like your product. And I've always found out that it's pretty easy to sell those FFA blue jackets. Those kids that wear them do so many incredible things that uh, it's pretty easy to sell that program. I know that uh, when you were wearing a Future Farmer of America jacket, when I was wearing a FFA jacket, it still uh, it was it was very much about farming. It was uh, very much about uh, production agriculture. Uh, there were some other things going on as well, but but they were kind of almost second second tier. It seemed like a lot of ways uh, it has changed so much. And a lot of that has happened, obviously, over your career, at first at the, at the, uh, at the chapter level, uh, teacher level, but now at that uh, state advisory level, you've seen so much of a change in the type of uh, opportunities our, uh, our young people have in ag education. Yes, that's true. You know, we constantly, though, try to make the statement that, guys, regardless of whatever we're doing in agriculture education, that's what our job is, to teach agriculture. But now, instead of just talking about production agriculture, oh, my goodness, we're talking about, you know, uh, robotics in agriculture. You're talking about biotechnology. You're talking about, you know, my goodness, our ag, uh, ag science research, our uh, all the STEM activities that we have in the state of Oklahoma. But all of the careers now that wrap around not just Somewhere or later, they may get back to production agriculture, or they all have a thought process at the end, maybe, of production agriculture. But you may not even view them. You know, when you see young people uh, sitting there and you walk in and you see some of those agri-science projects that they do, and it, it's just incredible, the thinking process they have. The, the public speaking activities that those young people participate in, uh, those soft skills that that those young people develop those teamworking skills, those, all of those things that uh, people crave and they wonder what happens or how it happens. Uh, I can remember like four years ago, Ron, we took a survey in the state legislature and there were 54 members in the House and Senate in the state of Oklahoma members. Mm-hmm. That ought to say quite a bit about those soft skills and those leadership skills that, that FFA enhances. Uh, I can remember... Uh, when Dr. Barisi was the state school superintendent, and we asked her to come and judge the state public speaking, our, our state FFA public speaking contest. Mm-hmm. And when she left there, we went and asked her about trying to get credit for our ag communications class, you know, for a, for a speech credential in public schools. And Dr. Barisi said, I don't even have a doubt. She just looked at one of her, one of her helpers and she said, make this happen. Cause she said, they have got it together. And and so that makes you feel good about what those FA kids can do. And, uh, you know, when they can get out and be such a mouthpiece and such a just a communication source for agriculture, what they represent, they can sit down and talk about it. They can talk about markets. They can talk about, they can talk about world hunger. They can talk about science. They can talk about robotic initiatives. They can talk about GPS. They, young people 
that have developed those skills that can take it all the way from ground zero to as far as you want to go. They will fit anywhere in our society, and they always keep agriculture in their mind. Uh, that's a that's a great thing, Ron, and mm-hmm. I think that you know agriculture now, as we production ag used to be ninety eight percent, it's probably forty percent because of all the other vast opportunities that come in. Right. And of course, uh, and it is, uh, and, and I'm excited that there's so many young people. Oklahoma could be, should be proud because we have the largest FFA membership of any state in the union based on our per capita, uh, population. We have usually 27,000 in which when you talk about the number of people we have in our state, that's an incredible number. There are other states that are larger, but when you talk about the population of their state, uh, our percentage is still higher, and we're mm-hmm. we're proud of that fact that uh, it has become such a strong part of uh, the comprehensive school system and uh, of the career tech system in Oklahoma. I know that uh, you know one of the things that uh, we've uh, been able to do, uh, to do with uh, with FFA here in, in Oklahoma down through the years, been able to travel with you and the other other uh, uh, folks that go t- every year to the national convention way back when it was Kansas city, more recently combination of Louisville and Indianapolis. And now well, certainly the rest of probably of our lives, it'll be Indianapolis. The, the amount of respect that Oklahoma has, uh, the, the quality of kids that we take to those national competitions. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's mind blowing to me. Uh, you know what? It, it really is. I, I'm still, even though I know it happens, and, and Ron, as you've traveled with us every year and been such a, a great uh, supporter and a communicator of agriculture education and FFA uh, over the years, we sit there and we talk continuously what those young people, but every year, Ron, me and you talk about, man, we just can't believe how much talent that kid's got. Well, we'll never have anybody stronger than that. And then about the next year, maybe, even comes up and we go, oh, my goodness, can you believe that those young people were able to to develop that and do that? And even though we think we know how much talent they got, they just continually amaze. I know they've, they've amazed me. They've amazed you as they just represent Oklahoma on a national basis and make us so proud of what they can do. And in turn, makes me so proud of what our teachers have done mm-hmm. uh, and the program and the program as a whole i i used to sit here and and in turn i even makes me proud of the state staff not me but the state staff that that drives that train that uh, you know they they just help make that direction and hit it out to those teachers mm-hmm. and then those teachers in turn turn those kids on inspire those kids and it just it builds up uh Builds up so much energy, you know, and it just culminates at the end of the year. You know, it starts out at national convention, and then it just continues to grow and grow and grow, and it goes through OYE, and then all interscholastics in the spring, and then, you know, and then go through the state convention, and and you've watched it. It just it's unbelievable how much energy is there, and how much talent, and how much just Oklahoma pride is portrayed there. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so. Uh, that was that's probably the most disappointing thing as I looked at this deal run this year, is I didn't get my shot of energy, you know that mm-hmm. that state convention that just you come out of there so charged up and ready to go whip the world and it's uh, but I feel bad for those kids too that they missed that opportunity. I know that you and uh, the others that had to sit there 
at Career Tech and, uh, and work with the state leadership uh, of, of your agency and the rest of the state government and kind of, I guess, acquiesce to the, uh, the decisions that had to be made uh, really from the middle of uh, Oklahoma Youth Expo in mid-March right on. Event after event, you've had to either postpone or cancel, and that has been just heart, heart-wrenching, I know. Oh, and every time. You you can't believe, you know, that, you know, we've tried to just kick the can down the road a little bit, bad term, but kick the can down the road a little, put some of those decisions off to continue to hopefully give those kids an opportunity, say maybe we can do this, maybe we can still, and then, then you know, say, oh, there's no way we can do it, and you have to cancel, and then I know when the, the rock fell that, you know, we uh, couldn't do state convention, and then... Mm-hmm. And then the next thing that you hear the kids go, surely we can do alumni camp this summer, which a leadership camp that about 1,600 young people go to every summer that, oh, my goodness, I I cannot even start to tell you the energy that comes out of that place. And then made the decision two days ago that alumni camp is going to have to be canceled for this summer. Mm-hmm. Those things like that are just, oh, my goodness, I, I guess the decision to do it uh, is just, makes you just you just know what it does for young people but still knowing that you have to be respectful for our environment and what's going on uh try to combine those two things but to make those decisions wrong is just uh it's unbelievable the disappointment that that goes through those young people you uh obviously were planning to make uh this year's state convention your last one as state ffa advisor i know that decision had been made sometime back Yet uh, you didn't have that chance to stand there at uh, at the Cox Convention Center one final time and, and say here by the owl and then obviously give your challenge. You had to do it virtually. You had to do it online this year, didn't you? Oh, I know. I, I was disappointed. But, you know, I was I was just just I guess that disappointment was just uh, outweighed a lot by the disappointment. I know that those young people were having because they wanted to be there. You know, because I watch that, mm-hmm. you know, the state officers and those awards and those proficiency of winners and what have you, they yell and scream and go across the stage and that energy at state convention. I was like, you know, I feel bad that, but at the same time, I really feel bad for those kids and I really feel bad for those opportunities. Uh, and you know, I guess that, uh, state convention is such a statement, uh, in this state because I think we have the opportunity to showcase those young people and show our state how just how strong those young people are. You know, as the state chorus goes and sings at, the, at both houses of the legislature, as they, as they display their talent in Oklahoma City, as those young people go to so many of the businesses and, and take part in so many activities at the state convention. It's hard not to see that happen, but still... My disappointment was pretty well replaced but because of the disappointment that they were feeling. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I just missed the energy. <laughs> That's uh, the big thing. I missed that energy. I know what you mean. Let's, let's talk, uh, as we kind of wind things down together today, uh, Jack, let, let's talk about, uh, your next step. You've, you've made the decision that you're not going to go fishing full time, but instead you're going to get back, uh, into a classroom. This case, not talking to uh, ag education kids, but future teachers of ag, ag education kids. So tell me about that decision to go to Alva. Well, you know, I uh, 
we helped a few years ago with the help of uh, a couple of individuals. You know, uh, uh, Jimmy Harrell was very instrumental. Uh, just the, the leadership at Northwestern Oklahoma State University, uh, the Wisdom Family, and putting together an agriculture education department at at Northwestern and and trying to train ag teachers. One of my former students actually was the first one there to help in doing that, and that was Mark Snary. And then, in turn, Dr. Uh, Mindy Clark, which was Mindy Luce, a former state officer uh, and former teacher at Fairview, is also up here at, uh, at Northwestern uh, in the Ag Ed Department. Those two have done such a good job uh, with the help of uh, – I, I just thought I wanted to come back. They asked me if I'd like to come back and – and try to do part of it. I really hadn't even considered it. And I had a couple of my former students actually hit me up and said, hey, come back. We would love to, you know. And so I just kind of thought, you know, I think maybe from the things that I've learned even more from being involved on a statewide opportunity that maybe I can still help some of those young people. Uh, Ron, I've told them over and over, I don't think there's a better internship program in the state of Oklahoma than than teaching agriculture education. I've told some of you young people, I said, you know, there's there's young people that pay people to go work for somebody and be have an internship program. I said, you go teach agriculture education in the state of Oklahoma, and you do it right, and you're involved with business people, with administration, with community, with teachers, uh, uh, you know, legislators, uh, funding. When you get finished, if you go, if you really do a good job for three years, at the end of three years, you can go anywhere you want to. Any, anybody will hire you. And, and I'll promise you, we do get a lot of our teachers picked up, you know, that by industry, which I'm glad, I'm glad we're producing the product they want. But you know, Ron, there's not a better opportunity. And I want to be part of that into helping because I know that those teachers are the basis of getting those kids out there and getting them trained and keeping them moving. And, and I just want to be part of that and, and hope that we don't run out of good teachers. And so I'm excited to do that. I still got, I think, a little fire in me, and, <laughs> and I want to be part of that. And and I am so grateful to Northwestern of saying, well, maybe he's not used up. Maybe we can still get some good out of him, and maybe he can still do some good things. So that part I'm excited about. I bet you are. And tell you what, you need uh, me to come up and and uh, do a special session on on uh, Twitter or something like that. I'll I'll be glad to do that as well. <laughs> well, Ron, uh, now what is that deal you're talking about? That Twitter. <laughs> 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 uh, that is a great joke that Ron and I have had between the between the Twitter deal. So it's been uh, it's been great. But uh, and Ron, I can't do anything but to uh, I think of all the sponsors and the people. That have helped Ag Ed and mm-hmm. FFA and have uh, just have helped uh, Ag period. And you're one of those people. And I want to make sure that I say thank you to you too, because I every day I make a confession that uh, Dad Gummit, I don't want to. But I when I open up my when I open up my computer, I look for I look for that Ron Hayes right there, so I can see what's happening in the Ag world every day. I think that's a good thing. Uh, because uh, I still think that uh, we've got to have spokesmen and we've got to have programs that represent agriculture in the United States, and, and you're a big part of it in the state of Oklahoma. Well, thank you very much, Jack. And, you know, it uh, can all kind of be traced back, uh, like so many people, to uh, those days uh, 
uh, NFFA and, and the opportunities that uh, my uh, my VOAG teachers uh, challenged me with way way back when uh, in uh, in the state of Kentucky. So, with that, uh, thank you for your time today, and uh, we wish you well as you uh, step away from being uh, here by the owl and instead will be uh, taking care of uh, equipping those uh, ag education teachers in the days ahead. And I know we'll be seeing a lot of you uh, in, uh, in, the, uh, in the near future, most certainly, uh, across, uh, across the state of Oklahoma. Been talking today with Jack Stats, Jack, uh, State FFA Advisor. He'll be uh, at the uh, middle of the, uh, of the year here of uh, 2020. A very momentous year, to say the least, for so many reasons, uh, coronavirus and more. But uh, Jack making that transition out to Northwestern Oklahoma State University in Alva. For the Road to Rural Prosperity, I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, RuralProsperityOK.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies. <laughs>